0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Today I was joined by Saleh. Saleh is an Afghan national, and Saleh is not his real name. We were not able to use his real name because of safety concerns for his family back in Afghanistan. I think you will find Salah's story compelling, and it will allow you to put a human voice on the terrible stories coming out of Afghanistan. Take a listen and learn more about the situation in Afghanistan. I'm Jason Greenblatt. This is The Diplomat, brought to you by Newsweek. Sala, I want to start by thanking you so much for joining me on my podcast, The Diplomat. And let me say that I'm very sorry for what you and your family and your loved ones and all the people have of Afghanistan are going through right now. So um, we sympathize with you. The world is with you. And uh, thank you again for joining me to tell your story.
1: Thank you, thank you. I, I really appreciate it.
0: Salah, let's start um, by giving a little background about yourself. Uh, where in Afghanistan are you from?
1: I'm, I'm from the province Badavis, and uh, I lived in Kabul. I lived in the capital. And there, I was. Uh, I was a. Uh, I was a law student. I was uh, studying LLB, and uh, I, I, I. finished my second year. I was in my third year, and that's uh, when this all started to happen.
0: And describe for me, if you can, what life was like over the last ten to fifteen years. What is was it fairly normal? You were able to go to school. Women in school. Tell us how you perceive how things were.
1: Uh, so for me, it was like. Uh, i spent like my, my younger years when i was a when i was a kid uh, i was in pakistan and then later on when things got better i came back to my country and i and i finished my high school in kabul and then i started university i think life was good we we had some security issues because uh, there was still uh, it was still not quite stable we had two sides in the country the government and the taliban uh, but life was good. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of improvement. Uh, our cities were getting better. The people's mindsets were getting better because we had seen like... Uh, we had gone through uh, a lot of war, many years of war. But, but I think life was good. People were happy, even uh, considering the situation. Uh, people were looking forward because they were looking forward to the future and they, they were working on their careers, on their education... And trying to bring positive changes, uh, but now it feels like all that has stopped. Many people who who did a lot, who 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 built their careers and 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 worked on their dreams, it's all left behind now. All of that has stopped.
0: And when did you start to notice things were going to take a change for something not good?
1: Uh, I think it was uh, it was two months ago. And it started with my own province, Badghis. Uh, that's where uh, the uh, Taliban first started the fighting. Like the, they, 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 they went quite aggressive, and and they were very in, uh, intensively coming forward and attacking. And they took quite a few districts, and it was a shock. Um, and then from Badghis, uh, they 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 started an attack on another province, and then it kept on going until a week ago, when it it was like, it felt like we were surrounded, only Kabul was left and and just, just before Kabul was taken uh, three provinces uh, were taken in the same night like that that was a big progress because the three provinces were quite were quite like uh, like uh, they, they were one of the best provinces in Afghanistan and I realized that since we're surrounded, I mean I was prepared that, that they might take Kabul but uh, I didn't think it would be as soon as it happened because the next day I woke up and I go out I see all this traffic jam and then I hear that Taliban have entered Kabul and it was a shock because uh, no one thought it would happen that that quickly.
0: And when it happened the women who were around you were they even more scared than you were was everybody terrified? Were they willing to go out onto the street? Or were they too scared to go out onto the street?
1: Honestly, it, it was a panic. It was a panic. Everyone was just going home. The the cars were jammed. I believe everyone just wanted to go home because there were rumors. I mean, people didn't know what to believe. Uh, it could have been rumors. It could have been truth. But the thing was that Taliban were inside and everyone just wanted to go home. People were just rushing towards their homes. And and. Because after after they entered and into uh, Kabul, I wasn't uh, there for many days. I was there for two days. And for, for those two days, I did people come out normally. But all the traffic was gone, and the, the people weren't as much as they used to be on the streets. And now, when I hear from my friends, they say that women are completely out of the picture. We, we, they don't get to see them on the streets anymore.
0: Do you think women will have any part of outside society at all meaning will they be able to go back to school will they be able to have jobs or will they go back to the old ways of having to stay in the home and have no life outside the home
1: okay so so i believe i believe there are there are two ways this 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 could uh two ways th- this could go uh one is that the taliban go, uh, treat the people and govern as they used to like t- 21 years ago uh, which was uh, there was nothing for women no schools no nothing they were just at home and another way it could go is that taliban uh, keep their promises uh, that they've said that they would bring changes in their governing system and and the laws that they will apply but still uh, uh, they are uh, they say that they are going to apply sharia law and basically their sharia law is is a very extreme version uh, like it's it's quite extreme and even if they do allow girls to go to schools and universities i think i think that there wouldn't really be any kind of freedom in that i think it would be just like like to create create an image for the international community that okay see our women are going to schools and they're going to colleges uh but then what i don't think a woman would be able to pursue a career a woman would not be able to 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 like uh, uh, dream big because uh, there are people who, who want more in life than just to sit at home or just to finish school or just to finish university. There are people who, who dream quite big. And I think for those women who have big ambitions, uh, it wouldn't work.
0: I assume that there were women studying in the universities for law and all sorts of other careers, meaning it was a, a pretty much a normal life for women, despite the yes. challenges?
1: Yes, yes. Um, Despite having many challenges in our society uh, because our people were slowly slowly they they were opening up to 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 new ways of life to diversity, but still uh, it 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 was still an improvement it was happening but uh, I think uh, now it would be quite difficult
0: and Until the last two to four weeks or so, and certainly the last week and a half, what did the people of Afghanistan feel towards Americans and uh, British? Uh, citizens and others who came to help in Afghanistan over the last two decades.
1: Honestly, my 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 own perspective is that uh, uh, I think the people of Afghanistan should should have seen it coming, because for how long would the Americans or the British or whoever how long would would they stand up for the people? The, the people of Afghanistan should should have had plans. They should have known that at some point they would have to be. Independent and not depend on some other country, and now it has led to this. and And I think the people, the the people uh, who would who, who would complain about Americans, I think they feel uh, like they've been just left behind because many people worked with the Americans, uh, many people have been working for years and years, and and they had family cases. Of course, I mean, uh, God knows what Taliban would do with them. Maybe they will do nothing, and maybe. Uh, they will do something, but those people naturally are scared because they have a label on them that this person worked with the Americans or foreigners, so so they're scared for their lives, and right now, uh, the Americans have just left, the, they're just occupying the airport, and the airport is messed up, no one can leave with proper documents or visa or passport, like, there's no way for them to be evacuated or, or to be taken to the airport, I mean, uh, Considering what I've seen, it's only the the Qatar embassy and their people who are escorting people to the to the airport. There's there's no one else.
0: What we're seeing here in America in the news media is uh, devastating, right? People can't get through to the airport. Even Americans can't get through. Some are getting through. Yeah. Many people uh, from Afghanistan who were promised uh, that they would be taken out of Afghanistan to protect them can't get through. They're being blocked by the Taliban. Can you describe what you were able to see in terms of getting to the airport? What are you seeing in terms of the crowds? Who's getting through and not getting through? Are people being beaten? Because we've seen some of that as well.
1: Okay, so I think the, the first night was uh, quite intense because uh, there was no one at the airport and people just, just rushed into the airport and they were like on the runway until uh, a day later when they were all just just taken out of the airport by the taliban and i think even the americans secured some of the place um going to the airport on the day i went i believe it was the best day Uh, because considering how it is now and how it was the first day it it was it's it's a total mess now and the day i went uh, went to the airport there was a crowd but still, we had we had different checkpoints, and that's the good thing because first Taliban had some checkpoints, and then when you cross the Taliban, and then uh, it was free. You could walk up to the foreigners, and then they would uh, see your documents and your name on the list, and they would let you in. But now the Taliban checkpoints have been overrun. There's no one to hold the people back, and the 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 front of the gates, like where you could talk to the Americans or whoever there is. Um, it's not possible anymore, and and the the soldiers there they don't know who to check, who whose documents to check, and who to let in. And when it all just, uh, you know, when the people get too much, they just lock the lock the airport and they're like it's locked again.
0: Were you shocked, as I was, about how disorganized the evacuation process was?
1: Uh, yes, yes, I do, I do believe that because, uh, um, because. Uh, okay so i think we're just civilians uh, and uh, and and we wouldn't know what what's actually happening uh, on 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 you know now politics is a big game i'm i'm sure that americans at least had an idea of what's going to happen and they should have prepared for this months before this happened like my question is why why did they wait until until it uh, it all turned out to be like this they, like if not even the afghans they, they could have uh, they could have evacuated their own people like before it led to this
0: so you mentioned the qatar embassy uh, i guess the qatar embassy has been playing a role in helping to evacuate afghans i'm not sure americans as well i suppose could you tell us about that process as well
1: uh so as far as i've heard uh, they are evacuating because when i went to the airport they didn't have that uh that 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 system to escort the the people to the airport because at that time it wasn't as bad but later on when they saw that the situation is getting worse they they needed to find ways to escort the people now now these people can be americans they can be afghans they can be anyone but depending on uh on uh, on their names because the, the qatar uh, embassy they're not escorting based on specific details but whoever are suggested and who, whoever uh, emails them or pleads them, please to them that they they need they need evacuation and they, they need help to get to the airport. But there is a process, and and they are trying to get as many out.
0: And once you got to the airport, how long was it before you were able to take off on an airplane? Uh,
1: so I got to the airport, and then I think I think I waited for something like eleven hours until I got on a plane and and it took off. I think, yeah, it it was 11 hours. Not getting inside, just the weight of it, like waiting.
2: Right,
0: and was it a a U.S. or a Qatar military aircraft or a civilian aircraft, Qatar Airways? How did you get out?
1: It was a a cargo plane, a U.S. cargo plane, military plane, I think, but yeah.
0: And filled with, you know, men, women, children, the pictures that we're seeing, everybody sitting on the floor, uh, full flight. No, no,
1: no, it, it wasn't like that. This one had seats in it, uh, so it wasn't a mess because because these lists were planned. I think the picture, uh, that picture where people were just sitting on the floor, I think that was, uh, the, they were the people who got inside the airport and just rushed into the planes without any proper documents those people who just wanted asylum and you know got onto planes by force i think uh, that image was of those people but the people they have evacuated after that the people with proper documents the people who who had their names on lists and uh, the people who belonged to certain uh, organizations or uh, institutions um uh, they 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 were uh, treated better because it was planned and and they they knew what to do with them and they knew how many people would be coming. So, so when I came, there were seats on the plane.
0: And once you landed in Qatar, can you describe your experience? How you were taken care of, and what you're doing now, and who you're with?
1: Mm, we we came to Qatar, and then we I think it was the uh, the the airbase, the military airbase. We landed there, and we went to the airport. Now we had to wait for a while because the the, the process had to be done. Uh, and uh, the process was complicated because people had no visas on them and they, they, they had just gotten into the plane because of the evacuation. And uh, I believe we were treated quite nice. Uh, I don't think we could have had a better treatment uh, to come here and be in another country. It's quite hard, but but we were uh, taken care of well. They took us to a hotel and then from there they took us to another compound uh, and they've been providing food and anything that we we need, uh, things that are necessary for us for our daily daily lives. They've been providing for us, and uh, yeah, they've been they've been doing everything they can for the for the people here.
0: That's great to hear. And this may sound like a silly question, but are you able to continue your studies from Qatar, or is the university shut down? Is anything really happening in terms of normal life back at home that you can? connect to uh
1: the 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 university has shut down uh and uh, i hope that 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 we will be able to continue our studies I, i'm i believe they might find a way for us
0: are you able to be in touch with your loved ones back home
1: yes i've been able to get in touch and uh, it's quite stressful because i'm here and they are left there and um they're also in, in, in like, they, they do have, they, there's a risk for their life. Staying there, they, have a, they, they will have risks because my father has some background. And uh, I'm not going to talk about that, but, but we do have some problems there and complications.
0: And how are they describing life right now back home? Is it as bad as you had feared?
1: For now, uh, it's not as bad. Because uh, the, the Taliban have not really started governing yet, um, it's different uh, until until everything has been uh, has been taken care of. Because they're still in talks with the previous government, some of the officials, so so they're not actually uh, uh, actually bothering anyone yet. But they have bothered some people, some of the officials they knew. They went to their homes. Uh, and uh, a lot of looting happened the first day, but it's been quiet and it's been calm and uh, the people who fear for their lives, they're just sitting at, uh, in their homes because, I mean, in hopes of, you know, until, until they find a way to evacuate. Taliban won't know where they live or like they won't be searching for them like that.
0: Do you feel hopeful that maybe the Taliban will recognize that the world is against this sort of brutal rule from 20 years ago, and that in order for them to not get the condemnation of the world, they have to change? Or do you think that their ideology is such that they're never going to change?
1: So the Taliban cannot be described as one group of people with one mindset, because the leaders can be quite different from the militants. And... and uh, i believe the leader the leaders of the taliban are uh, they they have realized that the way they govern, they cannot do it now because the international community will not accept it but the problem is uh, uh for now they might go along with that and they are telling people to to not worry because we will forgive you and we we will we will govern differently this time but uh i don't know how will they implement that ideology or that that mentality on the militants, on on the soldiers, because those are the type of people who who haven't seen uh, uh, who haven't lived a modern life. Like they're the kind of people uh, that have uh, been raised in in places that uh, you know you could say villages, and they, they, they're very backward people. Like they haven't seen much of the city, and for them how they were trained to fight, their, their ideologies are very are really extremist. And if they're on the cities and if those people are going to be the police or the military or the guards, uh, I believe they, they would do as, as their, their ideologies, uh, you know, how, how, they, how they think or what they believe. They would act in that way. So, so the problem is, I don't know if they would be able to implement that on their people, on their soldiers.
0: I know that for safety reasons, we're being very careful not to disclose certain details. But if you had the opportunity to send a message to your loved ones, to your friends, even to the people of Afghanistan, what would your message be?
1: One of the, one of, one of the, 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 the concerns I have is about the airport. And I believe that the, my message to those people who are in the airport and just just uh, just you know uh, gathering there and it's like meters of meters of line of people and and they're they're just there and some people die like I think today a person died and some are injured to these people my message is that uh, that there is a process going on and and if they're on it they will get out eventually but but going to the airport like that it risks their own life and the lives of other I I mean, I haven't heard of anyone being taken out of their homes and being killed. At least in Kabul and other provinces, it's different. But in Kabul, none of that is happening. My message to these people is is that they should they should be more calm about the situation because panicking like this it won't do any good for themselves. And for my family, I I just wish them patience and. Uh, Whenever, whenever it's possible, whenever uh, we can, I hope to be reunited with them again.
0: And what's your message to the government of Qatar and other countries who are helping t- with the evacuation process, trying to save as many people as possible?
1: Uh, I'm I appreciate I appreciate their efforts, and I'm quite thankful to to all the governments that that are helping in this process uh, because uh, because I, I've seen how they're helping the people and and. And it's and it's quite good. Um, I mean, I can't be more thankful of how I'm treated, uh, how I'm being treated in Qatar, and uh, and I, I believe that the the countries involved in this, they're doing a very good thing, and I appreciate it personally. I, I I appreciate it quite a lot.
0: And last question, Saleh, if I can, if you were sitting in front of President Joe Biden in the Oval Office, what would be your message to President Joe Biden about not only the situation today, but the hope for the people of Af- Afghanistan in the future.
1: Honestly, I I I wouldn't have anything to say as he's not our president. He's the president of USA. I don't know how what he could do for our people and for how long. I mean, I mean the U.S. government was in Afghanistan for like 20 years now, but for how long can we expect another country to 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 raise uh, raise us? or just help us stand up. I mean, I have nothing to say for that.
0: Salah, thank you. I, um, I will pray for your safety, the safety of your family, and uh, the peace and safety of all the people of Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: You're most welcome. Thank you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity.
0: I thank Salah for spending time with me. Salah is safe in Qatar, but his family remains in Afghanistan in danger. He spoke about life was like before the last few weeks, and it seemed he was optimistic that despite the challenges, life was heading in a good direction. Now, all is adrift in his future and the future of Afghanistan is uncertain. He was clear that Afghans cannot rely on anyone for their future and need to rely on themselves only. I thought the answer to his question about what he would say to President Biden if he were able to meet him in the Oval Office was quite revealing. In the meantime, I pray for the safety of all Americans who remain in Afghanistan, and that our forces bring them all out safely and quickly. I also pray for those Afghans who put their lives at risk to help the United States and for their families, and that we and the other countries who made the commitments to these Afghans honor those commitments by bringing them and their families to safety. I also pray for the people of Afghanistan who will now be subject to the rule of the Taliban a brutal force almost certainly to cause a great deal of suffering in Afghanistan. I'm Jason Greenblatt. This is The Diplomat, brought to you by Newsweek.
2: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.